Welcome to Mind Solvers, where we help you solve the unsolvable. In our podcast, we examine the phenomena of the human mind and unmask its incredible power. It's been our experience over 35 years of pursuit that there are no limits or boundaries to the potential of the human mind. I'm John Terry, one of your hosts today. And I'm Verl LeBerry, your other host. Uh, yes, we'd like to welcome you and thank you for your interest and the time you're taking to check us out. What we share with you during this and our other podcasts comes from our own experiences over those 35 years, and we'll be sharing the experiences of some other people as well. So join us as we discuss some of the mysteries that you may have in your life and how you can use the power of your own mind to solve them. We hope you'll join us for each podcast and invite your friends to listen as well. We want to welcome you to episode four of Mind Solvers. Finally, after all the teasing and build-up, we've made it to the episode where we'll do a deep dive into the subconscious mind. Yeah, we introduced the concept and provided a way for each of you to discover your own subconscious mind in our last episode. And today we'll dig deeper into what the subconscious mind is all about and why it even exists. Before we go there, though, we should probably mention that even though we're not a live broadcast yet, we've had some pretty interesting feedback on the last episode from friends that we've shared it with. One of John's friends commented, It was amazing. I found myself back at the very first apartment that I remember my grandfather living. How old do you think you were? It was before I started school. I must have been four years old. Is that a place that you would have thought of? Yes, uh, I've thought about grammar school at first, but then I went to my grandfather's place because it's more enjoyable. So this wasn't the first place that popped into your mind? No, but it was the first permanent large picture that came into my mind. Oh. Grammar school just kind of flashed across my mind. I remember I didn't like it there, so I skipped on by it. Oh, interesting. So what were the things that came into your mind? His place what was in the apartment and how it was designed, how it was plotted out. And uh, then I could remember the front room having a couch and sofa in it and two sofa chairs and a table and a lamp on it, the front door over to the right, his bedroom off to the left as you come in the place and you pass through. Wow, lots of detail. Are these things that you would have normally thought of or did they just pop into your mind? Come into my mind, not normally think about it. I just remembered the place, and that was all. I never thought that much about it. Now here, I was there a little longer here to stay, so I might as well remember some of the things. Did you feel your finger move? Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that you were consciously moving it? At first, I was consciously moving my finger. <clears throat> then I'd relax and concentrate more and go back. Then it was kind of flinching by itself, uh, not as much as me moving it. There is some kind of a difference there. Thank you for sharing this with us. Viral, you said that your wife had an experience? Yes, John. Hilda went ahead and went through this same exercise of accessing the subconscious with that episode. And I asked her some questions about her experience. And this is what we discussed. So, Hilda, in the last episode, when John introduced us to the subconscious and had us access it, what was your experience as far as the subconscious moving your finger? Well, when he told me that I would be able to move my right index finger, to, I didn't move it a lot, but I could feel little twinges on that finger. So were you very confident that was, you were not moving it consciously? 
Yeah, pretty sure it was not conscious. Is there anything that you did uh, with your conscious mind to let your subconscious come forth, or was it just automatic? It was just automatic. I don't. I didn't do anything consciously. So after that, he told you to go to a happy place, a place. What was the place you went to? It was really strange because I thought I would go to an experience in my childhood or when I went on a mission for my church, but I went to a place that was when I was helping. I was a te teacher's assistant at a high school right after my high school graduation. I, I got a job there teaching or helping teach uh, ESL, English as a Second Language. The, the teacher there was a, a Latina lady that was very kind and very supportive with the students. And one day she asked uh, another TA and myself to go to her home for dinner. So she picked us up. We went to her home. I remember uh, John asked us to remember uh, the feeling and things like that. I remember feeling um, excited to be there. And I also remember uh, looking at her home and seeing how beautiful it was, how big it was, and uh, the paintings on the walls were those of other Latino uh, artists. Her home had that Mexican rustic look. And then I could smell the wonderful um, Mexican cooking. Her husband was the one that was cooking and he was making tacos. And she, sent, she took us to her backyard because we were going to eat in the back. And there was a swimming pool there and there was a light breeze. I just remember feeling so happy. And I, I didn't realize at the time why I was so excited and happy. But then as I was experiencing these things, I remember thinking that this was the first time I had ever met a Latina woman who had been successful with her career and that was happy with her marriage. And she talked about it. She talked about her struggles that she'd had and how she had struggled. She had been very poor and how she had to struggle for her education. And she told us that we, we could become anything we wanted to be. And I felt that it was true at that time. You think that influenced you in your life? Because of that, I decided to go to college. I went to a, a community college at the time, uh, but I and I took teaching classes. I started to do really well in high school. I didn't do well at all in in high school. I I got C's and D's. I didn't go to school. I hated school. But after that experience, I went to classes. I took classes, different types of classes, and I got straight A's. And so ultimately, uh, you graduated from college, didn't you? I did. I, I went to BYU. That experience was the beginning of the successes that I had. So the fact that this, this experience came up during this session, do you have any idea why your subconscious may have brought that forth to you? No. I, as I said, I really didn't even remember that experience. I didn't even think of it as an extraordinary experience. But how did you feel afterwards? I felt that same happiness, that same feeling of I've accomplished a lot in my life. So after the session, yeah. the episode, did that feeling carry on any, any length of time? Yeah, I carried on for the rest of the day. Thank you very much. These are great. 
and I'm glad we were able to get some feedback. I hope also that the rest of you were successful in getting in touch with your subconscious in our last episode. But if not, you'll definitely have another chance in this one. So, begin even now to sit back and relax. Take in a few deep cleansing breaths and simply allow yourself to go with the flow. Maybe the best place to start today is with Sigmund Freud, who is considered the father and founder of psychoanalysis back in the late 19th and early 20th centuries, who actually coined the word ego. I didn't know that. What did he have to say about it? His theory was that if the conscious mind comprises all of the thoughts, memories, feelings, and wishes that we are aware of at any given point, you know, the mental processing that we can think and talk about, then the pre-conscious mind, as Freud referred to it, is the reservoir of feelings, thoughts, memories, and urges outside of the conscious awareness that may include pain, anxiety, conflicts, trauma, guilt. The list truly goes on and on. And this is all somewhere below the surface that we no longer have cognizant access to and that we'd sometimes rather forget. Huh. It sounds like we're getting to the heart of it. But how about we touch on the conscious and subconscious separately? Okay. When we think of the conscious mind or conscious awareness, it's what we're all doing right this very moment in time, right now, as we talk about and consider these concepts. Unless you've completely zoned out already, we are each accessing our conscious awareness right this very moment. For our discussion today, it doesn't really help to dig much deeper into the three, five, or seven levels of consciousness that Psych 101 would teach us, but just that it exists and we are accessing it at this very moment in time. Right. So everything else must be the subconscious or unconscious. Was there a difference? Oh, excellent question. I'm guessing that most people use these terms interchangeably. But if you think about it, pun intended, when we fall asleep or are knocked out, like I was a few months back when I tripped over the dog, hit my head on a chair, and was taken to the emergency room with a concussion, I was unconscious, not subconscious. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I was actually living overseas then. I remember your wife and family were really worried about you, and I was glad to hear you came out of it okay. But it makes sense that you're unconscious in the sense we usually use it. Honestly, I've never had that experience. Was it a weird feeling? Well, according to my wife, I kept asking the very same questions over and over and over again, and I don't remember any of it, not a single thing, until the moment I woke up in the hospital. So that's the unconscious. What about subconscious? So when we're awake, but daydreaming, which some studies suggest happens hundreds of times a day, this action or thought process is subconscious, not unconscious. Those very same studies indicate that most teenagers, by the way, are in this state of mind for a good 70 plus percent of their day. Oh, really? Yes. In fact, you teach school. 
you probably noticed when kids are staring out the window or off in la-la land and you have to call on them to get their attention back on the subject, right? <laughs> well, sure. Although these days is more often that they've got earbuds in and they're listening to or watching something on their phones or they're texting their friends and I have to bring them back to the reality of the classroom. But yes, I've seen students daydreaming a lot. In fact, I know I do it a lot too. Well, if you allow yourself to think back on any of the relaxation techniques we've used so far on the podcast, you might be having one of those daydreaming moments right now. Do you feel it? This is the very condition that we're doing our best to produce, where your mind gets so caught up in thought and memories that you become oblivious to everything else around you. Well, there are times I've found myself daydreaming when a teacher or speaker says something that catches my interest and my mind starts wandering along a path of related thoughts until I'm so far away from the original subject that I can't remember how I got there. So if a teacher or leader at that point asks me a question, it's almost like coming out of a self-induced trance. So I have some sympathy for daydreaming students. Yes. In fact, it's probably the most positive description of the trance experience. So knowing this, let's now talk about all that we can access when we reach this relaxed or altered state of mind. You're talking about the conflict, trauma, and guilt of things we can't or don't remember. Yes, exactly. Unfortunately, we all have moments in our lives where we've experienced things that we'd like to forget. Some, however, are so traumatic that these things have been repressed and are no longer accessible consciously. And because they're buried away in the subconscious, Freud suggested that this caused neurosis, sadness or depression, anger, irritability, low self-worth, often and unintentionally played out in real life as defensive or immature behaviors, what we might call quirks, hang-ups, phobias, or obsessions. Your wife's best friend had one of those that I thought was really interesting. Yeah, my wife noticed that any time she got behind the wheel of a car, that she would get really anxious and start sweating. Come to find out, she thought these were common feelings that everyone had. Really? Yes. My wife had told her about what I did and how I had helped others, so she asked if I would help her. And after helping her relax, a simple suggestion that she think of the last time she was driving seemed to instantly bring on that anxiety. As she reached up, as if holding on to a steering wheel, and began going through the motions of driving her car. So she felt like she was there in the car? She was there in her mind's eye. So I suggested that she focus on these feelings and identify where in her body they were felt the strongest. She took a deep breath and placed her hand on a specific area of her chest. Then I asked her subconscious mind to locate the very first memory that she had ever experienced these very same feelings and place those memories into her conscious awareness. Just like we experienced in the last episode of going to our happy place, only this apparently was not a very happy place for her. Exactly. And almost immediately she began to describe playing with some toys in the back seat of the family station wagon. 
oblivious to anything else. She just knew that her older sister was driving the car. And interestingly, Verl, she began describing these things in the first person, present tense, and with a voice that I can only describe as a young girl's. No kidding. The next thing that came out of her mouth was confusion. She said that there was screaming sirens and flashing lights and strange people asking her question after question, making absolutely no sense to her. And then seeing her sister's bloody face as she was being taken away in the ambulance. There was blood everywhere, she said. A terrifying, confusing experience for what I assumed was a five or six-year-old child. Yeah, I can't even imagine. What did you do then? I took her back through the experience one more time. What? Yes, I did. But this time, making sure that she was only watching. And as an adult, a bystander, which allowed her to realize what had happened and that her sister had made a terrible mistake and that these kinds of accidents happen every day. It was no less frightening, but now as an adult, she could deal with those memories, whereas the child couldn't. Wow. And the subconscious mind suppressed those memories? According to Freud's research, and it was done in order to protect that little girl from the trauma. But in the process of doing this, unintentionally creating what today we'd call PTSD. So how did it turn out? From that one session, she was able to heal, and the anxiety behind the wheel went away. No more white knuckles and sweaty palms, finally leaving behind this baggage that she had unwittingly been dragging around for her whole life. Wow, very cool. Actually, this isn't terribly surprising to me. I know you helped my wife overcome her terrible fear of water many years ago, stemming from a time she felt she was drowning. It was such a powerful personal experience that she didn't want to share it here in such a public space. But I will say it very much changed her life in more ways than not being afraid of the water. So how do we know if we've got similar baggage? The only way I know is to ask, but it's not quite that simple. You see, 35 years ago, I went through some extensive training and became a certified hypnotherapist and studied psychology from seven different universities and have worked with hundreds of people who asked for help in overcoming these neuroses. And I've loved every minute of it. But you're not a doctor. No, still in pursuit of that dream. And these neuroses are best handled one-on-one, -on -one, not in a general broadcast like this. Special attention is required for it to have the greatest effect. Yes, and if you haven't already, podcast listeners, we suggest that you take a look at our website, mindsolvers.com. Yes, in fact, at mindsolversplural.com. Good. Now, let's move on to our gift today. As always, we remind you to be sitting or lying in a comfortable position where you can focus on John's voice and relax. So, John, what is your gift to the listeners today? If you haven't already, allow your eyes to gently close as you take in several deep cleansing breaths. And once again, just sit back and let whatever happens happen without any conscious effort on your part. 
And now, I would like to ask once again for the help of the subconscious mind to search through the treasure trove of creativity and imagination and construct an imaginary place on a warm, sandy beach, a place of perfect peace, safety, and comfort, a place of breathtaking beauty and serenity. I'd like you the subconscious mind, to create an experience that will actually surprise the conscious mind. And when you have all the incredible sensations associated with it ready, reveal it to the conscious awareness. And I'll wait a moment for that to happen. Thank you, subconscious mind. Now, let me focus my attention back to the conscious awareness. I hope you were truly surprised and that it was so amazing that you have felt yourself drop deep, deep down into the lowest levels of mental and physical relaxation. And as you now have the chance to experience all the nuances of this specially created place just for you, and your unique sensory perception that your subconscious mind perfectly understands, let me simply suggest that you take full advantage of each and every sensation, even those you would not normally notice. And with each and every one that you experience, and with every breath that you take, you find yourself sinking deeper and deeper into that perfectly relaxed state of being. And as you're just now beginning to explore this place, I'd like to suggest that you take full advantage of it whenever you need to de-stress and find peace in your life, making sure that it's done only when it's completely safe to relax. In fact, I'd like to ask the subconscious mind to find a word or phrase that the conscious mind can use as an anchor to this place. A word or phrase not used in normal everyday conversation, but one that the conscious mind or someone that is trusted can use to help return to this very place with relative ease whenever it's heard and place that word or phrase in the conscious awareness now. Today we have taken advantage of a part of the subconscious mind that we'll need to more fully develop in our next episode, that of creativity and imagination. Until then, please make use of this word or phrase and practice with it. Anytime you need to escape and have time for yourself, I think you'll discover that the more you practice, the more easily you'll find the peace and serenity you're searching for. And you'll only be gone from reality for moments, even though it might seem like a lifetime. And now let me suggest that you bring yourself back to reality, slowly and gently, 
bringing yourself back with a newfound power and ability to take on any and all issues, problems, or situations that there may be with the help of the subconscious mind. And when you're ready, simply open your eyes.